This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. This is Peter and Tricia. Welcome you to Great News and God's Views on 3FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. We invite you to listen every Sunday for a presentation of historic Bible-based Christianity, highlighting preaching of the Word, classic songs, hymns and spiritual songs. We use only the King James Bible, the authorised version. <clears throat> we can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com that is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Our worship theme today, In Christ we can move beyond the past and look to the future. Getting on with the future. The young recruit to the monastic order was warned of its severity, strictness and vow of silence. At the end of ten years he was allowed to speak two words. To his confessors he said, Food bad, Criticism accepted. At the end of the second ten years, he again lamented, bed hard, accepted without comment. At the conclusion of the third ten-year period, the monk emphatically stated, I quit. To which the abbot replied, good, you've done nothing but complain since you got here. A hit of the rock group, the Eagles, says, get over it. Others may have replied to the monk, get on with it. How do we do that? How do we get over the past and get on with the future? We read from Isaiah 43, beginning at verse 16. Thus said the Lord which made a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters, which bring forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinct. They are quenched as tow. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field shall honour me, the dragons and the owls, because I gave waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. Don't dwell on the past. Isaiah tells the children of Israel to remember not ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. He didn't say that the past was a bad. In fact, there was much good. The deliverance of the Exodus, the Davidic kingship and temple worship. He did not say that memory was unimportant. In fact, there is nothing more tragic than the loss of memory, whether it be personal memory, loss or the inability to recall one's spiritual or national traditions. But to overly dwell on the past can be painful, even destructive. When Miss Havisham and Dickens' Great Expectations was left at the altar, and her life stalled as cobwebs decorated the wedding cake, Isaiah would agree with Paul when he said, Forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth in those things which are before. Get on with it.
Be open to the God of change and surprise. Israel had to adjust to their God, whose other name was Surprise. God wasn't doing his new thing the old way through leaders such as Moses and David. Surprise! He was working his will through the heathen Persian king Cyrus. Deliverance from Babylon and return to Jerusalem will be partially facilitated through a non-Jewish agent. God's other name was Surprise. It's important we try not to restrict God to the ways he's worked in the past, but try to be open to the new ways he may be working in the present and future. Great players like Pine Tree Meads, who was great in his era, but would lose today unless they changed with the times. We have to learn to cope with the tension and insecurity of newness. It can cost a lot to say yes to God, but it will cost even more to say no. Trust the God of the process. We may always be able to trust the process, but we always can trust the God in the process, the God who leads his children. Israel eventually learned that God always honours his word. Deliverance and restoration would be better than they imagined. Jerusalem would be rebuilt, the temple would be restored, and the Messiah would come. John Claypool tells us that the Christian pageant neared for the nursery school, the anticipation for the little boy was not so much for the programme, but for the present he was to give his father. When the day finally arrived, the boy ran down the hall to give his father the ashtray he'd made. But he tripped and fell, and the ashtray was broken. The little boy stared in disbelief and began to cry uncontrollably. Oh, that's all right, his father said, trying to comfort him. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter at all. The mother, more wise in her way, said, but it does matter, it matters a great deal. She then sat on the floor and cradled the little boy in her arms and they wept together. After a few minutes when the sobbing ceased, the wise mother said, Now we'll pick up the pieces and see what we can make with what's left. It's called Getting On With The Future. Our first music today, Jesus Shall Reign. This reflects an 18th century vision of the world church. Rooted in the language of Psalm 72, Isaac Watts paraphrases Psalm in ways that reflected his time and political position of England in the rise of the British Empire. At the time of Watts' birth, churches in England sang only metrical psalms. By the time of his death, he'd planted the seeds of a much more test, complex hymn writing. His 600 hymns, found in seven collections, made the transition from rigid metrical psalms to freer theologically based hymns. Jesus shall reign.
Stromatolites are regarded by many as the oldest fossils on Earth. They are interpreted as the remains of colonies of blue-green algae, or more accurately, cyanobacteria. The oldest ones are claimed to be 3.5 billion years old. Within this evolutionary perspective, one would expect these colonies to have radically changed, but remarkably, they are essentially the same today. Stromatolites, therefore, are classic examples of living fossils. Living fossils cause major problems for evolution because they provide stunning examples of how evolution hasn't occurred. They also call into question the evolutionary time frame. Some people try to downplay the significance of living fossils by arguing that when something is well adapted to its environment, it doesn't need to change. But this would need the environment to be constant for the supposed period of time. This argument cannot apply to stromatolites because during 3.5 billion years of alleged evolutionary time, many radical environment changes supposedly occurred, including the arrival of new predators and parasites. To find out more from Creation Ministries International, visit our website, creation.com. You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. We continue with Joy Has Dawned by Keith Getty and Stuart Townend. They both originally wrote Joy Has Dawned for the collection of hymns on the Apostles' Creed. Joy Has Dawned.
before and after. Many people have a confused idea about how people become Christian. Some think they're Christian because they live in a Christian country. Others think they're Christian because they were born into a Christian family. Such people are not the first to think their relationship with God is based on birth, nationality, or even good works. The Apostle Paul gives us a before and after comparison of the things upon which he bases his relationship with God. We read from Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 4. If any other man think that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I count lost for Christ. Yea, undoubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but down that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. That I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Before we know Christ, Paul was born unto a very religious family. He was born into the tribe of Benjamin, Jacob's beloved youngest son. When other Jewish people gave up their language and culture, conforming to the Roman and Greek influence, Paul's family remained faithful to, as Hebrews among the Hebrews. When he grew up, Paul became a Pharisee, a zealous advocate of the Jewish religion. He kept the law and persecuted those who attempted to change the traditional Hebrew religion. Paul was confident if God would accept anybody based on birth, nationality or actions, he would have God's approval. I talk to people today who likewise think because they were born into Christian families that they have God's ultimate approval. They attended weekly services and evening services. Every Sunday in worship the congregation recited the Apostles' Creed. I can still remember the first Sunday when I said the creed along with the congregation without having to follow along with a printed copy. Nobody told me simply memorising the creed would make me a Christian, but I believed I was. Quoting a creed no more makes you a Christian than counting to ten in Spanish makes you a Mexican. Other people I've known likewise are pointed back to something they did to become a Christian. But Paul says everything he did counts as rubbish. People are not born into the kingdom, and they do not earn their way into the kingdom. After we know Christ, Paul wanted to know Jesus. He did not want to simply know about Jesus. Creeds and doctrines may be true and important as they tell us about Jesus, but they are not substitutes for having a personal relationship with Jesus. 
Our first personal knowledge of Jesus is when the risen Jesus touches our hearts and reveals himself to us personally. Were he not risen, this could not happen. Until it happens, our knowledge of him is only second-hand. To know the fellowship of his sufferings is to know he took our sufferings, our punishment for our sins. We must share in his suffering and, as Paul said, be crucified with Christ. He took my cross as his. Now I take his cross as mine, knowing Christ forever. Paul now looks forward to his own resurrection from the dead. He looks forward to the day he will stand before God, not clothed in the righteousness he thought he'd earned by keeping the law and serving God, but clothed instead in the righteousness Jesus gave him. The same future is available to us as well as to Paul by faith. By faith we invite the risen Jesus into our hearts. By faith we trust he has taken the penalty for our sins. By faith we share in his suffering when we confess the suffering our sin has caused him. By faith can't be everything we have done, good, bad or indifferent, a total loss. By faith we turn to Jesus, wanting to know him alone. Have you trusted Jesus by faith, or like Paul's before picture, do you place your confidence in yourself? We continue great news and God's views with When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. This was written by one of the greatest hymn writers of all time, Isaac Watts. He was born in England, the first son of a family of dissenting tradition. Although his training in Greek, Latin and Hebrew would have allowed him the opportunity to become an Anglican priest, he chose to pastor a nonconformist congregation. When I survey the wondrous cross...
Thank you for joining us today for great news and God's views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. We invite you to listen every Sunday from 9.30 to 10 for a presentation of historic Bible-based Christianity, highlighting preaching of the Word, classic songs, hymns and spiritual songs. We use only the King James Bible, the authorised version. 89.0 is live-streamed from freefm.org.nz or tune in and now on Amazon and Echo devices using the FreeFM89 Alexa skill. We would love to hear your comments on this show. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Our concluding hymn, O Church Arise, by Keith Ketty and Stuart Townend.
For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.